Okay, cool. Welcome back to your favorite crypto podcast, Sometimes Crypto. The Unscripted Crypto Podcast. Hey, yo. We have a... We have another great episode. I don't know about great yet. We'll yeah. find out if it's great. <laughs> we'll, see if, we'll see if it's great. We'll see what happens. We never know. <laughs> it might be great. It might not be great. But it's an episode. We hope you enjoy it. But yeah, what are we talking about today, William? We're talk- what? What are we talking about today? I don't know. Oh, I'm kidding. It was a jokies. Mm. Talking about exchange, the history of exchanges. Where they started. Where they. Where they're going. Mid. What happened in the middle? What's going on with them? And. What's to come? Maybe. Yeah. Some hot takes, maybe. Always hot takes. Always. There's always hot takes. (laughs) Always hot takes. There's always hot takes somewhere. Yep. Yep. Just so you know, we've already talked about exchanges once, people, on the exchanges and wallets episode, but this is just strictly everything exchanges. Like all sort of shenanigans they did and do. Yep. Yep. So just, uh, you want to give the people a brief, a brief, uh, description of what an exchange is? Of an exchange itself? Yeah. Just like what, what's the purpose of an exchange? Like why? Um, so originally when common examples of like, like other uh, exchanges that aren't necessarily stop crypto. talking okay. just stop talking okay, okay. I'll, stop. Let, I'll let him get to work I'll stop let him get talking to work. you're talking too much right get now to work in my brain so let's start from the beginning then boys and girls when crypt when bitcoin first started there was no way of buying it itself other than a physical human having it in a wallet and you buying it from them or trusting an online transaction of some sort or mining it yourself all one took a lot of knowledge the other two were just sketchy yeah so like back in like early 2010 2000 early to the BTC yeah it was a sketchy way to get stuff done it's like you gotta you gotta you gotta meet someone in a Walmart parking lot type hand, yeah, yeah hand over some cash and a drug deal essentially and they'll give you just without the drugs just without drugs <laughs> just uh, digital digital information essentially um, or the other option was meeting someone online Saying that you'll send them money and then, and then hoping, they'll send you and Bitcoin, hoping that they send you Bitcoin. It's, it was a very, uh, it's a trust to trust system. It was very like you had to trust everything that was going on. And then the other something, was to, something that goes completely against <laughs> what exactly. And the other way was mining it. So we've from that we progressed to the ability to be able to transact and buy Bitcoin from what is called an exchange, just a party that holds that asset. There are two forms of exchanges, like we. We everyone's have heard hopefully at some point at some point a centralized exchange that's owned by an entity meaning a company owns it holds those assets for you and you have to trust that they're not going to go bankrupt which as we clearly learned this year very likely very will go bankrupt they're very possible to like if bankrupt. you do a run on the exchange they might not survive mm-hmm. worse than banks <laughs> so essentially their success rate right now it's not looking too it's hard. not looking too good and then we got Decentralized, decentralized exchanges. Articulate. Articulate them words, boy. Right. <laughs> we got to get them words flowing sometimes. <laughs> and then a decentralized exchange where it is completely, it's ran by nodes, by a smart contract of some sort, and that people are, are putting up their own crypto that they're willing to sell for either, for essentially other cryptos. Yep. And yeah, then you, so just to like, kind of like touch back an exchange is just a place that people could go to to exchange to like switch yeah, uh, one currency for another for another like uh like if like if you go to an airport and there's like currency exchanges like 
Same idea. Similar, right? More like a stock exchange of anything. Also, like a stock exchange? Like, I have money. You're buying an asset. Uh-huh. Buying an asset. I'm buying an asset. Right? Um, for something else, yeah. Yeah, for something else. The only difference between currency and stock exchange. You're buying a company here, you're buying a... But you can't, you can't change a stock for another stock. There is no converting feature. Yeah. This is accurate. Yeah. We can't convert. Yeah. The only trading pair, the only trading pair in a stock market, stock exchange, buy and sell. is buy and sell. Yeah, for cash. For cash. For yes. Like Versus US on a crypto exchange, you can change it. Even though on an exchange itself, mm-hmm. done in a centralized fashion, it is they're they're still selling it. It's not really just converting it. Yeah. So there's these things called trading pairs. Yes. Where essentially, like, if you're getting into a, a cryptocurrency exchange now, you would start with a. USD, US dollars for a currency, any currency. It could be Bitcoin, USDC, um, Ethereum, Binance, Solana, anything. So that's one trading pair is USD for like dollar to coin value. But then there's other trading pairs where you could buy Bitcoin with using Ethereum. Because there's going to be someone who's willing to take Ethereum. For or, Bitcoin. Uh, and then someone's going to be willing to take Solana for Bitcoin or Bitcoin for Solana. Yeah, so however trading, they want to yeah, do that. Uh, BTC to Sol. Uh, sold ETH. Yeah, those are all ETH to BNB. Like those it's all, all trading, trading pairs. Correct. Um, the centralized exchanges. You said that on the back end, do they just buy and sell it for USD? I I, I assume because when you do it on a centralized exchange, it is considered a taxable event mm-hmm. of the asset. So even though it is converting it, it could be just switching out one for the other of equal value at that point in time. Like on the, on their balance sheet. On their balance sheet, though. Mm-hmm. It, well, I don't think. But sure. then, on like tax, tax, it's forms, a tax. They sell it. They send it as like correct. From what I, from what I've seen, um, could be hundred percent wrong. I don't think it's I'm hundred percent wrong. Just like you're like kind of like assumption on like assumption it. on it. Yeah, I don't think I am though. Just because it's from it's happened to me when you convert it, it it shows up the dollar value. It always shows up the dollar, yeah. but no, as a taxable event. Oh, it shows up. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so trading pairs are not mm, like something that's consistent throughout different exchanges. Some exchanges have more trading pairs than others. And therefore there's not always like, like you might not always. So whenever there's a, a currency that has a lot of demand or volume, Correct. there's or two currencies there's more likely for there to be more trading pairs for that currency. Yeah. More, uh, room to execute the trade, the trade order. Uh, uh-huh. But then there might be less likelihood of getting a trading pair for other less traded. It's hard. You'll probably you'll probably find it harder to find someone willing to trade ETH for Sol mm-hmm. than you will someone for ETH to Bitcoin. That transaction is more likely to ha- to happen than the other. Even though probably both will happen because they're both very popular. But if you go yeah, I was thinking the- something like Helium and Dogecoin. Yeah, that's well. You'll probably never. You can probably not yeah, never, but it's very unlikely it's very you'll find that trading to pair. find someone who's willing to give up helium for Doge. Exactly, as an example, there'd probably people out there. I mean, eight, no, no, there's eight, eight billion people on this planet. Yeah, someone's gonna do it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's really only matters whenever you're getting into like the decentralized exchange. Yeah, because there you're focused on uh, the supply and demand of it. So. Did we talk about like the difference between centralized and decentralized on this particular episode? Not yet. No. Okay. So. Uh, well, I just all I said was you one. I I, I did go through it technically. I did, you did right. I did. I said centralized is owned by an entity, mm-hmm. and decentralized is owned by are ran by nodes and smart contracts. Yeah. Not owned by any one person. Yeah. So typically, the the main 
key difference is that a centralized exchange typically has some like regulations that they need to follow for a lot of regulations for whatever uh countries that they're operating in uh as they do like for example kyc kyc laws that they want to know who who it is that they're doing business with because they may typically make money off of uh transaction fees that they charge directly um and more importantly on for you as a crypto uh connoisseur someone who's venturing into crypto the more important thing is that they are uh centralized exchanges uh the custodian of your keys um whenever until you pull out funds yeah from from that crypto account correct from that uh from that exchange from that exchange's account yeah because uh typically centralized exchanges don't give you uh your your own private keys and they manage all of all of your crypto under their own balance sheet yeah until you withdraw funds then it's uh it's moved to your wallet. It moves to your wallet where you have full control of that. Yeah. Versus a decentralized exchange, immediately you have to connect your wallet to a- to access it. Yeah, yeah. So and there are relatively no KYCs, but there are higher fees because it is anonymous and it takes more to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, are there typically higher fees? For yes. This, for so, yeah, the, the price of Bitcoin typically will be higher or there will be higher fees on a, on a decentralized exchange. Because they're smaller markets. Okay, smaller markets. So they have like a premium on the Bitcoin price. Yeah. I see. Because you, you have to pay the premium mm-hmm. because it is fully decentralized. Yeah, to yeah cover since, it. since there's less people tra- transacting. Because there. someone someone themselves are, are selling it. It uh-huh. wouldn't be like the exchange selling it. Yeah. That they have a cr- metric crap. Not a metric crap, them, but a, mm-hmm. a uh, lot. They have more volume at least. Exactly. As of right now. Correct. Cool. Um. So, de- but decentralized exchanges. Okay, so... The, Centralized exchanges are managed by by these like institutions, firms, by companies, by companies. Yeah. While the decentralized exchanges are some type of smart contract that operates them. They vary, but yes. Mm-hmm. They vary. All right. So, what are the bigger ones that we know today, or how did they get here? Yeah, what? Centralized, like, centralized exchanges. Like, Those are the ones that are more popular. So why don't we start there? So, so it would be coin. Well, the biggest one would be Binance, Coinbase, KuCoin. You had FTX. We all know what happened there. Yeah. So yeah. I um, apologize for that. Dings. Binance, Coinbase, KuCoin. Uh, yeah. Those are pretty much like the top. Yeah, those are top four. Yeah, and Kraken. Um, that's by uh trading volume. Binance is currently trading twenty four hours. Um, let's see, one hundred. Million, $23 billion almost $24 billion 24 hours that's a, a large large amount of uh, funds being moved but these these current these uh, stock these uh, crypto exchanges are relatively new they've been around for only like a handful of years the first ones that came out had a lot less market volume and a lot less users um with a lot more uh, risks associated with them, also because it's, since they're so new, they had no regulations. Yeah, they had no K- for a lot, a lot of them had no KYCs. They were just websites thrown on there on on the internet where you can go ahead and buy and sell. Yep. So, you want you want to talk about the f- the first cryptocurrency exchange with the the OG coin? You can go for it. All right. Well, the first uh, well, like we said earlier. 
uh, before coins were uh, transferred through peer-to-peer, like kind of like trust trust mechanisms. Now, at early 2010 in March, uh, there was this uh, website that got published on a forum called BitcoinMarket.com. Uh, that's a website that uh, was used as a the, became known as the first uh, cryptocurrency exchange. Um, where people would be able to go there to buy and sell uh, Bitcoin with each other. Um, at that time, it was a Bitcoin was priced at about one thousand five hundred Bitcoins for one dollar, which is kind of crazy. What prices those were? Yep, super cheap back then, two thousand ten. Those people were moving Bitcoin left and right. So many people hate life right now. <laughs> like, the, like um, that reminds me of the, like the person who bought two pizzas with using Bitcoin. We all know that guy. Yeah, we all know that guy. That guy was not... He's not mad about it, though. Yeah, what What else is he going to say? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it. Like, he You're has, a liar. He, no, he has a, good, he has a good point for it. He He's like, if I didn't do that transaction, if I wasn't the first person to buy uh, pizza using Bitcoin, then there would be no story of how... That's fine. Currencies he can be He still hates himself. I'm sure the guy still has a bunch of Bitcoin. Not, it doesn't matter how much you have. Look at the price of that. Yeah, but you still gotta. It's like uh, how much money? It's like you said. What did I say? You need to use it for if you're gonna use it as a currency for exchanging value, then it needs to be used. Yeah, I can still hate life for doing that. <laughs> it's like when someone sells their real estate too early. It's the same price. You can still hate the fact that you sold it early. Oh God damn it! Didn't, shouldn't have bought that pizza. Yeah, like you've been like, I should have bought it, and paid cash for it. That's what I would have done. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like he could have also just easily bought. Bitcoin back. That's not the argument I'm making. <laughs> but he didn't. I don't know that. I don't know that. Try, I, from what I can tell, he didn't. Right, well, uh, yeah. At that time, Bitcoin was like super cheap. Cents on the cents on the coin. <sighs> should um, listen to you earlier too. What? I should listen to you earlier too. We would have been crypto billionaires by now. Billion millionaires. Um, but yeah, uh, that that exchange. Bitcoin market, what's it called? Bitcoin market. Bitcoinmarket.com. Yeah. Uh, came out already 2010, March. Um, and uh, over the next uh, year, I guess, exchanges started getting more traction. And another one came out. Uh, these are, both. by the way, both of these are centralized exchanges. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one, a very big one that came out, uh, was Mount Gox. That one's uh, infamous. Yeah. Why is it infamous, though? Why? Because they like went bankrupt. They got hacked. I think. I mean, we have FTX nowadays, guys. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but this is the first one. All right, and now we got the biggest one. <laughs> we got the biggest one. Yeah. So um, originally Mount Gox, which I thought the name of how they got it um, was actually quite interesting. Quite interesting. Yeah. So uh, they named it after Magic the Gathering. Yeah. yeah they called it Magic. Well, yeah. The Gathering Online exchange yeah because the owner of the amount of that of mount gox uh domain Dome, well the website domain yeah domain, domain right uh-huh. first start off with it being magic the gathering for the trading cards oh he started that for being a for trading cards an exchange for trading cards yeah for, oh okay for magic the gathering trading cards and then he that didn't take off then he's like oh we there's no way to transact transact with uh there's no marketplace to buy Bitcoin. And then he's like, created that. Switched it. That's crazy. 
Okay, I thought he was just like super like into Magic the Gathering. Just happened to like. No, he uh, it was a business idea. Then they changed it. Okay, yeah. So like for Mag- for Mount Gox, essentially what happened was there was a it was mismanagement of funds and a hack. The big uh, the first hack was a uh, for a total of two thousand six hundred fifty Bitcoin. But on top of that, apparently there was like thousands of Bitcoins that was just like missing. Um, before that hack and mismanaged funds like they didn't know what was going on with it um so at that point um well that that was a uh, two years after they opened uh oh no my, my bad that was actually relatively soon after they opened uh, yeah uh, like a year after um they uh pretty much uh had to go close down their their doors uh, due to like the u.s and legal departments getting involved yeah because they wanted kycs they wanted um them to start they were putting regulations in i mean at that point they had like a good amount of volume like five million dollars was seized by the government which is kind of wild i mean we're talking about early 2011 yeah at that time 2013 2013 uh prices yeah at that time yeah we have ones are much more expensive now like those are small fry numbers uh, to a degree. To a degree. But yeah, they, they went bankrupt because the f- the government was trying to put regulations on it and they wanted their users to start entering KYCs, which clearly people didn't want that. So at some point we got past that early stages of the cryptocurrency exchanges and we came into like the ones that are still around, Coinbase and um, Binance. Mm-hmm. Do you know which one's older, uh, Coinbase or Binance? I think Binance came out like what, twenty seventeen. Binance. I think Coinbase is older. Yeah, Binance came out twenty seventeen, um, in spring, right before the the boom of of Bitcoin. Yeah, Coinbase started May twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Also, Coinbase was part of those early. Yeah, Coinbase was was an early uh, ex- uh early exchange exchange yeah early exchange into and the they chose to go with the governance and the kyc stuff i don't know you're talking about governance but like not governance my bad like uh like legal like like regulations i'm sure you tried to follow the the amount that was asked of them at that time mm-hmm. and then as they were either required more they started to shift okay do you have any comments on coinbase uh, for centralized exchange is probably the most trusted right now. One of them, Bi- yes. people really trust Binance too. Yeah. Even though Binance is still not a, I think the main difference would be Binance isn't publicly traded company; it's a private company. You can't really see the back door of things. While Coinbase has more federal audits and stuff like that, like people, are, the government in this situation is more on top of what they're doing. Whether they truly know what they're doing or not, it's a different story. But mm. ideally. Nothing's Coinbase. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I kind of want to say something about Binance, but that's in terms of their decentralized exchange. Um, and I don't know if you'd rather go circle back to like the first decentralized exchange. They have a decentralized exchange. Yeah, they actually decommissioned one. So, but yeah. Um. So a decentralized exchange is like we said. Uh, smart contract that move it along we are we, we went through this twice 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 <laughs> keep it moving all right so um the first decentralized exchange 
that came out was Next. Correct. Correct. Uh, in 2014. Which Gen- was still somewhat centralized. Was it? Yeah. So, like, they're looking at the criteria for fully decentralized exchanges, and they're, they're saying there's levels to it. So, like, a, a, third, a third party still had to do something for them. Okay. Yeah, because I know what something that they did was uh, they, they started this thing called Colored Coins, um, where they pretty much uh, minted out coins kind of, that represented bonds or uh, uh, just overall networks, mm-hmm. network usage. And that Colored Coin was kind of like their governance like, protocol to a degree. Um, but that, that exchange came out, and then after that, a couple other, like, that one kind of like paved the way for like other decentralized exchanges. At the time that this came out, it was still uh, like cryptocurrencies are still new. Like, new. new. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of like difficulty with like great, yeah, gaining traction and like what's the right way of doing things and what's the wrong way of doing things. I mean, still in today's date, uh, I say cryptocurrencies are still relatively new and people don't really fully understand how to maneuver it and go about using coins. So I'm not surprised that like decentralized exchanges aren't more prevalent as they are, as we as they should be, in my opinion. Because the whole point of the creation of decentralized exchanges was because they someone or at least the community in general realized that having a like that part that risk having a third party control your own your assets in an in a space where you should have full ownership of it did not sit well with people yeah is the way i think they were looking at it like if you're supposed to be the owners of your not your keys not your coins having trust in a third party entity to in one shape or another hold them i think was part of the problem which Mm -hmm as we saw in this year of 2022 to 2023 is part of the, is, is a yeah. big issue. Yeah. People just decide to leave all their crypto and exchanges and other DeFi protocols where it wasn't theirs. I'm not saying there aren't risks to the, to being in a truly decentralized uh, platform to just different risk. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the rule of thumb is keep your, whatever you don't want to lose, keep it in a hard wallet. Keep it on the hard wallet. If you don't want to lose it. And if you're trying to, if you're trading or doing something, then you got to play around. You got to do what you got to do. Be self, self-custodial. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, there, w- there were like different, like, uh, what's it called? Components of decentralized exchanges. Um, and you said the next doesn't, doesn't fit all those because of the, what was it? If I'm not mistaken, they had like something needed for a third party. Mm-hmm. that still held assets or the transactions weren't going to be quick enough either way. Like there will be a mom- moment in time where it was going to be held by them. Oh, like the, the, the exchanging port portion, something of that nature or like the, or the buying aspect was like done like was, third party. Um, like they were kind of being used as like an escrow account. Um, I believe so. Something of that nature. I see. Well, um, over time, these uh, decentralized exchanges will definitely be uh, changing and getting more complex. Uh, I don't know if you saw in that article that that Medium post about like, the, the the evolution of decentralized exchanges. Um, how there's a uh, different generations of decentralized exchanges, like first, second, and third gen. 
I'm not understanding. All right, so um, essentially the first generation, the next, like the next uh, um, decentralized exchange was a chain dependent and was built on a specific chain, that that next chain. Um, while that's a fir- like a first generation. Second generation DEXs are contract dependent and reliant on smart contracts, typically on Ethereum. And then third generation uh, DEXs would be more uh, chain agnostic, which is what Binance is trying to build. And it's uh, more so on protocols and uh, some type of a hybrid decentralized model um, for the sake of having uh, more like interoperability with other yeah do you see that no what oh like if if you if you saw and like that information the breakdown of the first generation second generation third mm-hmm. generation yeah, yeah. so I, they're all codependent differently huh? like they all have their own they, they all have specific limitations on on themselves that do, one doesn't solve a the absolute problem yeah so that's kind of what i wanted to talk about like for um the binance uh decks when i found out binance had a decentralized exchange i was like oh that's cool uh, maybe Binance does have more to offer than than like I guess I give it credit for um, reason being is because well like decentralized exchanges are obviously have like good use like value um, but my my current my question was is like you said Binance is like kind of like a privately held uh, organization like private organization yeah so I was just curious how how secure is the Binance chain and that's something like the BNB chain, the yeah. So I was like, oh, the chain itself. Yeah, the chain itself. Well, I th- I think they proud themselves on it for it being decentralized and not being controlled by them, uh, by them themselves. They are a node. Yeah, so that's what. That's so it, it depends on how much is decentralized. That's yeah. That's what, that was my question. How decentralized is the BNB chain? Can't you Google that? I, I found it. No, no I found oh, it. I found it. Yeah. Um, so essentially. Um, the Binance does have a DEX, um, and the whole thing of Binance is that they're focusing on decentralization and transparent financial system, and how they also want to uh, offer more like assets and bring in freedom for finance, right? General, basic crypto, crypto stuff. Crypto stuff. But what I didn't understand about the chain was how many validators do they have? What's a consensus mechanism and stuff like that? So just like, I'm just gonna give like a little quick thing, I guess. Um, so Binance, uh, the BNB chain, uh, stands for Build and Build chain, um, and there's four, but four like side chains, the two main side chains though. That's the Beacon chain and the Binance Smart Smart, smart chain. chain. Yeah, for smart BNB, contracts. Yeah, BNB Beacon chain and then BNB Smart chain for okay. smart contracts. So the Beacon Chain is the one that's used for uh, governance and that's the one that manages staking and voting on the BNB chain. So that's really the more important one, uh, The other, at least in terms of what I'm curious about right now. But then the other chain, BNB Smart Chain, is where the uh, virtual machines land on and that's where like smart contracts kind smart of Smart contracts yeah. happen. Um, so what I found out was that on the Beacon Chain, that's where you could send and receive uh, BNB digital assets. You could issue new digital assets. You could have a mint, burn, freeze, unfreeze, and locking of digital assets. Um, and you could also stake on side chains. 
um, but their consensus mechanism is called um, well, they on their like documents they call mm-hmm. it uh, like BFT consensus, uh, Tendermint Core, um, that's supposed to be fault tolerant for the Byzantine like uh, war problem, like uh, some double spend issue. Okay. Uh, um, the Byzantine like uh, Byzantine problem is like a like one of like the cryptocurrencies like main like issues like trying to figure out. Like if you have a couple bad actors and they're trying to relate, some of them are trying to relay bad information in case of like, just try to sabotage you. How do you identify which ones are good or if you should? And the original problem is like, oh, we're gonna we have a couple of teams who are going to attack this this, this specific problem. This is no, this is a specific like location. Um, but if any of these generals start saying uh, retreat. Do we keep on going? Like, are they actually saying to retreat? Do we actually retreat, or do we actually keep on going? Like, if information changes, like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna lay siege to this area. Like, this is like the the original like Byzant like the Byzantine Byzantine war, war. problem. Um. So apparently, the Binance is uh, tolerant against up to thirty three percent of Byzantine actors. So, if there's thirty three percent of people who are uh, Attacking the chain? Attacking the chain, like trying to provide false information. Um, it's tolerant up to 33%. The reason it do- the way it does this is by having like a two-stage voting uh, requirement whenever a block is being submitted. There's pre-vote and pre-commit. And two-thirds of the validators need to agree on each of those segments. Okay. Um, so... It's very likely, like it's likely for a block to not be committed. So then, at that point, it just switches out and uh, gives the the validation to the to a new validator. Um, but the part that got me a little sketched out was that on the BNB Beacon Chain, there's only eleven validators, as compared to like Bitcoin miners, there's literally thousands. And how many validators are on the other chain? On what do you mean? Oh, so. Like the Bitcoin, <clears throat> the, no, the BNB, no. the <clears throat> the BNB chain, the the side chain. So the side chain, I don't know, because uh, the the one that has to do deal with like the the security of the whole mm-hmm. chain is the BNB Beacon chain. And there's only eleven. And it has eleven, but thankfully, they they already got uh uh B, they call it BEP, like just a Binance Improvement Proposal. Uh, I believe it's BEP one fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, to try to make that more inclusive. So they're trying to make it so that staking status is decided on the top staking nodes anyone could stake. Um, but then every 24 hours, uh, stakers will de- will decide on how many validators there'll be, which validators are there, which which people are going to be elected as validators. And why not just have it as many validators as you want? And h- how many validators you want there to be? Yeah, but that. So the stakers will decide. That. The problem that I think the problem where they're trying to figure out to keep in control there is that Byzantine fault tolerance, um, because the issue with more uh, validators is the information needs to be more precise and it takes longer. Yeah, it can also be more centralized with less validators at eleven. They can own. They can own eighty percent of that eleven of those eleven. Yeah, so that's why the the stakers are the ones who choose the validators. Stakers are not gonna be. Yeah. How many stakers do they have now? Oh, there's a bunch of stakers. Like anyone could stake. Like you could, if you get uh, BNB Beacon Chain 
like coin, mm-hmm. you could become a staker. You would dedicate your stake to a- any of the validators that there are after this uh, improvement proposal. So let's say there'll, there'll probably be like a list of people, like a list of different validators. Let's say a hundred of them, right? You'd be like, oh, I like I like these validators. I'm a stake and delegate to them in hopes that in the future, whenever like a block needs to be mined, uh, validated, those are the ones that are, uh, are voted for the next validation cycle. I see. So w- essentially what I, what I want to get at was that it wasn't very... It's not super like it, they have good traits to it, but I wouldn't say it's super decentralized yet. Um, but they are working on trying to get it more decentralized and more like governed by the community. So getting back to the Dex ish thing mm-hmm. was that there was a Dex on the Beacon chain, the main chain, but they decided to uh, like roll it out on on another improvement proposal, one fifty one. So that the beacon chain can focus more of its computing power for governance and security, mm-hmm. and then they moved their decentralized exchange onto, or they already had one going on on the smart ch- on the smart the smart con- on the smart uh, chain. Yeah, so that because that's what the smart chain is really made for. It was just doing it better and faster than having it on the beacon chain. So they rolled it out on the beacon. They took it off of the beacon chain and they kept it on the smart on chain. the smart chain. Yeah, gotcha. So I kind of want to check it out, see how that works. Um, after they get that, uh, what is it? BIP 159. The proposal? Yeah. BEP. Binance Improvement Proposal. Or Build BNB Improvement Proposal. They're, I think they stopped, uh, they're going to stop producing, uh, BNB, uh, not the token, but the BNB, uh, their dollar. Oh, um. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, I don't remember what it's called. Stablecoin. Yeah, they're stablecoin. Because um, Paxos, the provider of it, has been not sued, but I was told to me by the by the SEC that they're trading unsecured securities or something of that nature. No, by trading uh, stablecoins. Yeah. Well, by producing them. By producing stablecoins. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, falsified uh, currencies. No. 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 Not like that. More like just fraud, like securities fraud. Securities, okay. Yeah, not not currency fraud. I see. Um, another one, well, really one of the main, one of the bigger uh, decentralized exchanges is called uh, DYDX. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's been around for less than Binance. Um, that one came out August 2021. Wow. And they're actually pretty big. Um, with a trading volume of one billion, wow, one point three billion dollars in twenty four hours, fifty six thousand seven hundred fifty two Bitcoin. How much? Fifty six thousand seven hundred fifty two Bitcoin. That's a lot. That yeah. they're trading, they're moving. Yeah, and decentralized. Um, it's a smart contract based on Ethereum, uh, or on chains like Ethereum. So it's probably not just even on one chain; it's on multiple chains. Yeah, it has to be because they, they probably do it like that so they can, they can trade multiple. It has its native currency, DYDX. Yeah, of course. Um, and it got its name from a mathematical equation for derivatives, the rate of exchange. So it's DY over DX. Okay. So I thought that was just pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Um, 
I was looking over at their like uh their website and it seems pretty like not not crazy not crazy difficult to use um they have different trading pairs they have like a little uh place for your portfolio just rel- providing pretty good like relative information for what you need yeah i would not say that this is like beginner friendly though why uh like you need to understand like how uh candle charts work and just overall like but that's a trade right not to maybe yeah. just trying to buy yeah um if, because this is more like of a, a trading trading yeah luckily um they do have like a trading training course that they call like an academy um for, for people to go to and uh just like learn how to trade uh, on their decentralized exchange I like how Web3 does a lot of, like, education for... You kind of have to. Because mm-hmm. most people don't know anything about it. It's on you. Yeah, there needs to be some type of onboarding process. Yeah. And everyone's going to think someone has the better process, so they're going to all try it out. Yep. So, I was seeing something earlier. I, where, did I write it down somewhere? I think. What did you see? There's, like, a little thought that that I read somewhere where essentially uh, developers and like web three applications should have uh, the blockchain on the back end and not on the front end. So specifically um, for the case of exchanges, mm-hmm. uh, the whole DeFi like decentralized exchanges should like, at least from like based off of this article I was reading, the, the idea was like, Oh, the whole DeFi stuff should kind of be done on the back end while the front end, um, like Coinbase, like uh, would be more of a centralized aspect. So I don't know how, how much I agree with it, but it also doesn't seem like a horrible idea. I don't know. I, I, I co- I'm confused. So, okay, so the purpose of, of it... Okay, the pur- pur- oh my bad. let me rephrase this. The purpose of this article was to say how... How is the community going to build trust back into the the centralized exchange? The centralized exchange thing, uh-huh. and it'll be like the centralized exchange will will have its like purpose of like tr- education and like easy access. Like you could log in with uh, KYC, KYC or your email, whatever regular K, uh-huh. but give the opportunity for people to offload that into uh, like your self custodial. Uh, over time like as you get better and you start progressing um so it's like on the front end on the first thing that you'll see is just easy regular like stuff that you're, you're used to and then over time like kind of like migrate off of that thing is i what i'm seeing is a, as a business model for the centralized exchanges is that over time your like client base will just migrate off yeah like that thing is just to be easier to use and not try to take so much information So what do you what do you think the future of uh what's it called um exchanges? Um because I, we <clears throat> took a bad pretty they <laughs> exchanges took a pretty bad hit. Centralized exchanges took a bad hit. But I, I guess there is just like there was actual like criminal behavior, like complete utter fraud, like money was not being set money was being taken away from customers, not being used for us for. So I guess it would 
decentralized wise there'll be more oversight like making sure money has to go a certain way or to has to be allocated a certain way um i think this would apply for not just exchanges also stocks would be how you can limit the amount of like usability for like a company to, to use your like for example coinbase owns X amount of Bitcoin that belongs to customers, that goes under their valuation. BlackRock owns X amount of stocks for other people, it goes under their valuation. So if they get to borrow on it, you're able to borrow on it. In terms of BlackRock, you're able to borrow on your stocks. On um, whatever, yeah, whatever your total value is. But so is BlackRock. Mm-hmm. That's a double spending. Yeah, it's like, oh. Literally double spending. It's like, I owe this money to someone, but since I'm in control of it, it's my it's value that they Yeah. Have. So I guess like the change there would be you, which would happen in off areas, how you could to avoid that or try and make that add a cap to it, not allow it to happen as much something because they're going to have super high valuations to happen. And then when those prices dip down, people get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially what happened. Not, 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 because once you, not once only you, that. Yeah. When you don't have the funds <laughs> to be able to pay off your loan and to pay off the people that you owe to. Exactly, because those aren't yours. Those are those are um, on your balance sheet. Those are considered what liabilities? Liabilities. Yeah, your liabilities should definitely not go, go into your your assets. Exactly. Like that. Like that. Like that. At least. So it really depend on like, I think labeling how th- how accounts would have to be labeled would have to would probably be really regulated, and then so forth would be oversight centralized wise. Centralized oversight. Well, or or you mean oversight for the centralized yeah exchanges. if it's decentralized there's no one so pain point there is this uh thing that i found out about earlier today also um it's a decentralized it's a dao uh it's called the liquid collective mm-hmm. where they're what they're trying to do is to provide some type of protocol for centralized exchanges um that's a company though it's a dao no, no it's a company it won't be a DAO. Trust me. Well, it is a DAO. It it, it ha- it's gonna have some. It's gonna be centralized either way. Some type of centralized. Well, mm-hmm. essentially, what they're trying to do is provide mm-hmm. a protocol for uh, centralized exchanges, um, and provide and providing a staking, liquid staking for their uh, for those for those assets that you're talking about for their liabilities. So essentially, it is. I'm going to have. They're going to have staked away. Um, the assets uh, that the they owe uh, their clients, uh, and be able to access it only whenever the liquidity for it is needed. Like, oh, it's gonna be exchanged, so like buy and sell. As That's worse. As needed. Why? Because it's not it's not you giving a possession to a third party. It's to a fourth party. It's not. No, it's a it's a protocol. It's a smart contract. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna. It's a company though. A company's not gonna be allowed to do that. What do you mean? The centralized exchange that is regulated will not be allowed by the government to stake in a fully decentralized aspect like that. If it's truly decentralized, which we don't know. No. So, essentially, uh, they are taking into account the KYC and AML laws. Uh, Who is the this, DAO? It's DAO. So it's a company. It's, it's not DAO. a DAO. No, the DAO, the KYC that they're using is the is based off of the the, the the centralized exchanges, not theirs. 
I'm not sure it would work. Yeah, so their idea is to um, develop a protocol that's suitable for institutional stakers, which is essentially these centralized exchanges. They're, they're operating at institutional levels. Um, so they want to uh, offer something called liquid staking solutions. Um, for They're focused for... Uh, it called uh okay so let me, let me just read this real quick mm-hmm. they say that other liquid staking solutions have focused on the needs for crypto native uh, stakers uh the number of liquid staking protocols solving for staker liquidity has resulted in numerous relative li- illiquid receipt tokens that can only be utilized in certain corners of web3 as in like um uh relative coins that aren't like ftx's coin for example um that Liquid Collective wants to create uh, a protocol that is suitable for institutional stakers, something that will be allowing something that they call deep liquidity, mm-hmm. um, being able to be used for like multi 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 chains and multiple pro- protocols. Uh, the idea is to empower global participation in securing the decentralized internet. I just found out about this already today. I thought it was an interesting idea. Just like you said, how is it going to work with a decentralized a DAO for, with a centralized exchange is probably going to be a little bit difficult. Maybe, maybe. Not well, I possible. say that because the minute because the central exchange would have to follow regulations. The minute anything changes with the regulations, they have to pull funds whether they want to or not. What do you mean? The centralized exchange has to pull funds whenever yeah. regulation changes course and they're told oh we're not allowing this because this is considered something it's considered something that we centralized centralized exchanges can't work with they have to pull funds immediately yeah yeah but that's why they're calling it liquid staking they want it to be able to pull your funds immediately yeah but a centralized exchange would own the majority of it like there'll be the majority of their assets it'll be a run it'll be a run on the bank just in a DAO yeah, no, I don't, like, they don't even have a white paper, they have a light paper, so it's, like, still, like, under development. This is, like, r- really early, really early, like, new thing. Yeah. Um, there are definitely going to be a bunch of risks associated with this, and... I think that works better for a decentralized exchange. I think decentralized exchanges already utilize stuff like that, though. Like, you, when you deposit uh, mm-hmm. coins into, like, uh, some type of, like, uh, automated market money maker uh market maker my bed uh you can lock it up for a certain amount of time or just have it there for as long as you want to so i don't know i I think that just really depends on the specific contract that you're working on yeah it'll be like whatever's needed at that point in time yeah so do you i don't know um the whole the whole path forward for this year in terms of like centralized exchanges it's going to be it's gonna be a little rough for for them to get their trust back on the like general public. I don't know, not sure. Probably um for maybe private entities, but I think Coinbase can actually win this one just because they're publicly traded. You think they'll be able to get the trust well, back easily? I don't think they lost any. You don't think they lost any trust? From what I for last time I checked, uh, Binance is the one <clears throat> who had like three. Three billion liquidated on them, and they were fine. 
like they're got yeah, a worry for sure but they're like fine oh, yeah of course <laughs> of course they really but i think if the company itself has the assets there is no issue i just think the issue comes with over leverage over leveraging yeah yeah that's definitely what what happened well oh, ftx that, that didn't happen <laughs> they weren't just over leveraged they that's just, just one part of the problem yeah but i think it would vary on um on exchange to exchange and then what the crypto market would be looking for the one that over leveraged was celsius they were over leveraged and, and so is three arrows and three arrows and then um the majority of the other companies kind of just got screwed over by the ftx's collapse and not yeah because they own so much ftt and they yeah. own so many of these other tokens i think that's another thing that's going to change you're mm -hmm. gonna you're not gonna be allowed to no. create tokens left yeah. and right yeah no. which i also don't think it's needed no definitely not needed i think it's a waste like they, they do that just to make some money because mm -hmm. it's hard to be profitable and have low trading rates low everything and you just can't. Somewhere you have to make money somewhere. Yeah, if you're making it, you want to make money somewhere. So it's gonna vary a lot on that, on those things. Why? What do you think? I don't know, man. I think, I think, what really, what's really going on is the general public is having a, a sore eye for crypto, not not exchanges. Um, but the general public only gets into crypto through exchanges because it's easier. Well, yeah, yeah, because it's what you know as it's, well. It's just it's simple. It's more familiar. Yeah, um, I think the exchanges will need to try to like get some trust back somehow, just because like that's how they acquire new clientele. Yeah, that's true. Like for them to get new clients, they need to build the trust back into crypto, build the trust back into themselves. So it's not just it's not just oh, crypto's not didn't do anything wrong. It is. We're doing everything right, like actually. We're not doing like this FTX shenanigans. Yeah. That's oh, like, the, but that's what they're doing with the whole um, verifying if they their liabilities. Yeah. Meaning how many assets they have versus how much they owe to their customers, and can they afford a run on a run like to be fully liquidated? Mm -hmm. Was there anything like any government like agency that was like over giving oversight on FTX? What do you mean? Like, how did FTX get away with doing with doing all that? Because they weren't actually doing it because of is because of Alameda. Well, I there what there was oversight on the American side, so maybe the American side was doing less of it, mm -hmm. and the funds weren't being taken as like the same rate. Versus the Bahamas one, mm -hmm. there was probably less oversight. They were able to do more of what they wanted. Yeah. So maybe one was able to be done in the government's faces versus the other was more so the whole not thing. as messed with or like differently like maybe the u.s side was over leveraged which they would no one will know unless they're being audited every time mm. which who knows and then they probably never got audited probably and then on the other high on the other side you had the one in the bahamas was just was putting funds and then in that situation you can just move funds from one to the other because they are your funds they're mm. still your company and they moved it in cash that's why they have wire frauds yeah as part of their our uh, part of thing yeah they have wire fraud they have a whole bunch of things that's part of the is there a court date set for them yet uh no not yet not that i know of. i haven't heard news of that yeah the last news was the one that we talked about i think last episode for them yes with, with the person who posted with the people who posted bail for for sam i know who i'm gonna call to post my bail some former deans some former deans. Who got bred like that, apparently. God damn. 
But no, I, I mean, exchanges have changed, but I think they'll continue to just be different. Different use cases for each one. Yeah, totally. It's like based off whatever whatever you want from an exchange is what you're gonna like. I would love an exchange that just accepts check deposits. Doesn't? I don't know. Coinbase do that? Uh, they accept direct deposits. Oh, you can't deposit your check. Though. You can't deposit checks. Gotcha. Like that. I don't know how that would work. I don't. Know. I like. I don't think people really understand how checks work anymore. I don't know how they work. Yeah. Checks are so so old tech. I think we're just gonna. I think Coinbase would be the first crypto bank. Yeah, I think Coinbase is very set up for something like that. To be like a crypto. I think that's, that's going to be a change. When they go from exchanges to like a banking ability. Mm-hmm. Like you could just get paid through there and they convert it. And they keep your cash and they do whatever. Oh, cash App is probably not too far behind. Cash App has KYC, has uh, wallet interoperability. Do they have direct deposit? I think they do. But not for crypto. Oh. Just for like cash. Okay. But that's like to that seems like a hop and a step away from direct deposit. It is until you have it done. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is it is until you have it done. That's right? absolutely right. Because the other thing is it's how long Coinbase is doing it for. So whatever problems arises, they already have an answer for it. Yeah. They're able to build out the a better infrastructure for it. But then it goes to how long would it take for it to clear, how long would it take for me to be able to pull out cash or, or pull out my assets. Pull out yeah, crypto. Yeah, because I'm and then that, at that point, are you getting double charged, double income? No. I th- what do you mean? Because I'm going to get paid cash. You get paid in a U.S. dollar denominant. Correct. Mm-hmm. That, that's $2,000, and I immediately co- it goes to Coinbase, and they buy $2,000 worth of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, oh, do you get ca- do you get taxed for bringing in the 2K and, and then, then the other 2K? Exchanging it for 2K for, yes. for Bitcoin? No, because it'll be buying, so maybe not. I think that depends. Because I, I know whenever you receive crypto, you're buying it, though. So never mind. No, I wouldn't. Because I, I know when you receive crypto, and you have to say where it came from. If not, you get taxed on that crypto. No, no, yeah. You just... Uh, if you receive crypto... You if I send you 2000 worth of Bitcoin, that's income. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't know where it came from. It's considered income. It's considered an income. Uh-huh. If you just send it. If I send it to but you. if you trade it for... That's not income. No, because I would be buying it. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming what they're going to be doing is buying it. The so no, it wouldn't be income. Like a sales tax. There, there might be sales tax. I just but. can't wait till people start paying in crypto. It's going to be a minute. It's going to be a minute because people don't like trading things that have a, a, a value that changes. Mm-hmm. BTC back dollar is the answer. A BTC back dollar, right? That's the answer for all. So, so really, I think that the true answer is HODL BTC and issue your own BTC backed uh, currency. BTC backed, I mean, I don't know how, well, if it could stay at a dollar, I don't know how they would do that. No, just your own currency. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. So this might actually get cut because this is actually like legit shit right here. <laughs> this is legit stuff. I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how this works. You're going to really cut out the exciting part after all the <laughs> bullshit we just went through? You're crazy. <laughs> all right. So what I was thinking was, Someone does the idea, do it better than what we could do, okay? <laughs> Fuck. No, no, I say it more so for legality reasons. What you, okay, we're not lawyers, we're not experts, <laughs> we're not financial advisors, we're just talking trash right just now. Talking trash. All the important educational information right. just went through. All right, so. Speak. Fun stuff. <laughs> All right, collect as much Bitcoin as you can. Okay. Issue a, another currency for whatever ecosystem you're trying to produce, backed by Bitcoin. 
by that Bitcoin specifically. By the ones you hold. By the ones that you hold. That will be put into a smart contract type of, of uh, container. Mm-hmm. It says, okay, so this smart contract will issue 10,000 BS coin for every 100, for every 10,000 Satoshis. Yes. Right, so it's one to one, one ten thousand. Uh, yeah, because every ten thousand satoshis equals one of, of mm-hmm. one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but then th- these coins wouldn't necessarily be transacting on any uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain because the the that Bitcoin is locked in a specific wallet. Correct. So you could transact on these coins back and forth, just you knowing that that is equivalent. The backing. Uh huh. It's backed by Bitcoin. There is no dollar equivalent. It's just Bitcoin equivalent. Yes. That would need to be open source. Hmm? What in the code for that? You know what? I'm crazy. That's already a thing. Pretty sure that's what Stacks is. Yes. (laughs) It's just not used because it's... uh... Because I sent you with the... The thing with Stacks was it was meant for 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 it to be built on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Stacks is like the smart contract uh, layer. So it would be like you... Which is kind of... Miami coin is no Miami coin is the dollar the the va- the coin for Miami mm-hmm. which is gonna be which is I think used to transact but the thing is nowhere you can use it so I think people are building coins with no mm-hmm. uses with no mm-hmm. uses correct like there's no incentive to use this to get this like there I have no way of earning it to make sense for me to go out and yeah, use the, it because there's the, no use for the it Miami coin yeah Miami coin and New York coin mm-hmm. and the NYC yeah. The only like yeah, there's no way of earning it. There are ways of using it, but very not, stable. very but not stable. enough. And not yeah, not. I think what needs to happen is you need to make make it easier earn specific coins so you can use them and be and not be scared of using them. We need more developers. Is what we need. More people making stuff. You know, I think the problem is too. There's too many people making too much shit. <laughs> well, the shit's gotta be made so that you can identify what is shit and what's not shit. I, no, 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 no. I'm saying there's too many developers <laughs> making too much shit. Literally, like, like... just bad stuff. No, it's not that bad. No, no, no. I'm saying bad stuff. Just too many things that either do a very similar thing mm-hmm. or they just solves one issue of what that thing did not solve. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be better to be like, wait, I see this sh- issue not solved. Can we try to fix that issue within this one? Mm-hmm. Like, why build another one to try to solve the entire issue? Yeah. So you're saying... Just create improvements for look, man. I think people are too racist in crypto to their own crypto to different <laughs> cryptos. I think that's the issue here. <laughs> There's too much uh, fascism in. Crypto. Yes, they all want to play for their own separate team instead of playing. Okay, let's, let's join this one together. team. Let's join yeah. that team. Yeah. You need more. You need more communism in crypto then. What? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying get the you one that sucks together. a little bit, make mm-hmm. it less sucky. Mm-hmm. Oh, add value. Yeah. The Capitalism one. then. Yes. <laughs> Don't go out and make another company to compete against it that still doesn't do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Just make it better. Correct. Get what there is out there and make it better. I love ETH. I like Soul. Neither are perfect. Let's combine the two motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, combine the two. Combine the two motherfuckers. <laughs> so you make your own coin. What? I wouldn't make my own coin. Another, I'm saying they... Another coin. Yeah, and then you get rid of the other two. Oh, that, that won't happen. That's the issue I see here. That won't happen. Right, of course, you can't because you can't because it ran by separate nodes and everything else. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Of course. Yeah, that won't. Yeah, unless those nodes just stop, unless those validators and those nodes just turn, go offline. It's a beauty and things that suck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beauty of of crypto and then the parts is like yeah. Yeah. It's like when you see. We need to get better at filtering out the noise, filtering out the bull. It's like with company buyouts, mm-hmm. like when Elon bought Twitter, 
Mm-hmm. You know about Twitter? Immediately, Twitter was no longer traded anywhere. It was gone. It was gone. It's no longer on the internet. There's no more. There's no longer any. bought it from. So that's something that I don't really understand on on um, the stock market. What? It is. You could have a stock in your in your exchange, and yep. then someone just buys buy the out company. the company and they buy the stock from you. Yep. What if you don't want to sell it? Doesn't work like that. It's not yours. Doesn't matter. Like so, it's not yours. It's ownership. Who owns the most of it? And also, your voting shares are not valued the same. Their voting shares are, you don't have a vote, meaning you just own part there's of the company. Like different, different types of shares. Correct. Yeah, that is true. If you owned, uh, for an example, an 11%, also, they have a board of directors who make this decision for you. Yeah, true, true, true. True, true, no, no, you're right, you're right. Sorry, buddy. If you don't want to do that, you have to own voting shares that are at yeah, the value got, of board, board of directors. You, you, and then it still puts it to a vote. You got to up your stake and then still hope the <laughs> I'm sure there was one guy who said no, but he didn't have the biggest holding of yeah. Twitter. He might have had some like uh, influence on like the selling price. Also, he he did overpay like by like forty percent or like thirty percent. Like Twitter was trading at thirty five dollars, and he offered fifty two dollars a share. That's or, wild. So it's not getting confused. Like it, it's an amazing deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. Like you have to take that. You have to take that. <laughs> you gotta take it. If I'm Elon, I hate life, and I and I might like invest as a CEO and president. You know, okay, time to sell. There's no options there, bro. No. But I do. Yeah. I feel like this was a lackluster episode. Lackluster. Lackluster. You said, you said very blah. I don't feel blah. I just said lackluster. It's not the same. I don't know what lackluster means, William. It means there was no shine to it. Lackluster. Yeah, Google. Shine. That's what what I'm doing. Lacking brightness or luster or vitality. (laughs) Authory. I've never heard the word luster. Have you heard the word lust? Yeah. The, William, since when did you become a like vocabulary expert? I'm not. I'm still <laughs> stupid. Vocabulary is still not my strong suit. I can still lust. not spell. Lust. You can't. I still can't spell to save my life, okay? I will never win a spelling bee. Unless it's for third graders. And then I still might lose. Oh, an overwhelming desire or craving. Oh, that's lust. Intense eagerness or enthusiasm. Correct. We're missing the enthusiasm, e- eagerness, and enthusiasm. The enthusiasm. We're not historians. We're not good at doing the story parts. <laughs> it's not our best. No, we just like having a good time. We provide information on a good time, not the blah blah. Yeah, we realize it's blah blah stuff. Not for us. <laughs> we'll work on our. You know, you know. I think it's just really important to try to fill in that seat and just have conversation. So we're putting it out there. First guest. If you're interesting, if you're interesting, if, tell us what you're what do you, what you do. Yeah, and you can maybe come in for a third seat. Yeah, we got a we got an open open spot. Open spot. It's for better yet, whoever's whoever DMs sometimes crypto first gets in. Gets it first person. First, first person. First person to DM us. You become a yeah. Part. First guest. First guest. So whoever uh, if you listen to this end, yeah, and this boring ass episode. Yeah, you deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> if you listen to this entire end, you deserve it. <laughs> We'll share our location. <laughs> they can pull up on us. Yep. So we can yep. have an app. Ouch. How did you hate yourself? You Ouch. Fucking idiot. Okay. I think that was a good way to end the episode. I think it was a great way to end it. Okay. Well, please follow us on our socials. Yep. Sometimes crypto. Yep, yep. That's exactly what I was getting. Alexander, at. William. Your, your lovely host. Your yeah. lovely host. Well, next week's episode will be more gooder. More, more better. More better. <laughs> wow. Well,
Um, check out our YouTube channel. If you, Which has nothing on it yet. Yeah. We're, we're progress, guys. I know we said that. We say that every month and every episode, but we do there's promise. All, there's delays, you see. There's a lot of delays. And it, half of them no, no. are just, They're on us. He says he doesn't know. Nope. Half of them are just unexpected. Nope, they're on us. They're on us. They're all on us. Some of them are expected. Some of them were like, oh, well, we took this. We took this delay. And then there are others who are like, damn it. We're like, we're like well, where, did this, where did this come from? Where does this U-turn come from? Right. You're like, no, wait. What? Nah, trust me. There's a few U-turns. <laughs> I'll tell you about those U-turns later. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us. It's been another week of your favorite crypto podcast. Sometimes crypto. The unscripted crypto podcast. Hey-oh. Hey-oh.